Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your wonderful co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your other co-host, Cam. It Date of recording is Tuesday, June 8th. Yes. That is correct. Okay. That is correct. Ooh. Ooh, that was a close one. I have to say, um, this is gonna this this show is already off to an interesting start. <laughs> For the first time ever, just we'll give you guys a peek behind the behind the curtain here. For the first time ever, Kirk and I were both early. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Literally. And by early, we mean about twelve minutes. <laughs> oh, I think that's generous. <laughs> I, I think that might be generous. Yeah, so we were we were slightly early uh, to record, and it's apparently thrown off our whole vibe because we got to we got to talking, and uh, <laughs> everything went haywire. We like I knocked off I knocked something off of my uh, my shelf here trying to show Kirk my new dragon, yeah, and uh, it broke, and then Kirk like tried to hang a poster and like rip some of the backing off of it. It was a whole thing, and. Yeah, my shirt's messed up. Apparently, this is this yeah, is fun. Yeah, it just really it really went downhill fast, and then we ended up starting late. <laughs> <laughs> we ended we got to the stream early for the first time ever, and ended up starting late. And so I always like I always joke about how sh- streaming feels like being shot out of a cannon because it really does. And weirdly mm-hmm. enough, like this one feels more like that than the others, even though we were on time. Yeah, so, we miscalculated uh, how much time we had because right. we were like, look at all this time we have. I mean, I went and I got some screws. I have <laughs> I have my so, – Cam has this beautiful background, and so I had the poster. It didn't work out. I got my drill. I was ready to drill up my signs that I'm always playing with. No. I've I know, but this. like why now of all the times? <laughs> you know, you're like – Hey, we got 10 minutes. Let's boogie. Let's do <laughs> some power drilling. It was going to be beautiful. Everybody. I was going to have my, my 100 movie scratch off list here mm-hmm. and it's wonderful mm-hmm. glare and my popcorn sign and my like my Sodi, my Sodi sign that looks all retro. I have none of these things now and I have, I have nothing to show for my, my hard work. It looks wasted. Is this the story of my life? I, I'm, I'm just. No, don't overreact. Okay. Let's, let's reel it in. You can still hang all of those things. We've when? done. We've done countless episodes without them. We will do this one just the same. And then next week we'll bounce back. Maybe just in time for spilled popcorn this weekend. I don't know. You know, next week we'll just have to get here a little bit earlier to create a little bit more chaos <laughs> and see what happens. Yep. Yeah. I think I think that's the lesson. Actually, I think the real lesson here is never arrive early to anything never. because it throws off your vibe. I love um, being late. It definitely threw off our vibe. So anyway, here we are. Thank you for being with us. If you're on the stream, thank you for being with us on a Tuesday night. If you're li- listening to the podcast, uh, then it is at least Wednesday, June 9th. And it is Loki time. Today, the 8th is Loki Eve or Loki Eve. Loki Eve. It is Loki Eve. Like yeah, yeah. I, like, I was trying to come up with something creative there. It didn't really work. But um, Loki Eve, Loki drops tomorrow on Disney Plus or tonight. Um Disney Plus will 100% crash. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it always 100%. does. I mean, we're we're over a year. We're like a year and a half into the Disney Plus ride here, and uh, it still crashes when big things drop on a regular basis. So that'll be that'll be fun tomorrow. Whenever I like wake up early for work to watch Loki and then can't, that'll be a good time. Mm-hmm. Always when is. I it's stay a time up until tradition. I'm gonna stay up till 3 a.m. and wait. It's gonna crash on me, and then I'll be very upset that I stayed up that late to not watch <laughs> Loki. You can't stay up till 3. It, the first episode is 51 minutes long. 
Mm-hmm. So that means you'd be up until at least four. And then, of course, it's going to crash. It, it, it just will. That's just that's a fact. I just want sleep tonight. I think that's a good choice. I think that's what I have to do for the podcast. Hey, man. To each their own. To each their own. But, yeah, very exciting. Loki's coming up. We've got a movie review for you this week of a huge blockbuster. Second week in a row with a big blockbuster. Last week was Cruella. This week, we're doing A Quiet Place Part Deux, mm-hmm. as I like to refer to it. Um, it. Kirk and I went and saw this guy in the theaters. We saw it together. Um, it was fun. It felt like old times. It felt like yeah. uh, felt like the real world again. It was nice. It was lovely. It was quite lovely. Um, Except for that guy, sh- uh, that guy in front of us with his cell phone ringer on. I kid you not. I kid you not. The yeah. movie is called A Quiet Place. Okay, <laughs> so like, let's say you're one of these one of these people who's a little blasé with the uh, the cell phone ringer in theaters. I would think that the title of the film and maybe the 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 whole ambiance there would would cause you to be a little bit more aware of the cell phone ringer. But no, he just left it on. It kept going. He sure did uh, for multiple times. And, and there's a scene very early on in this movie. Spoiler alert: we're we're there that there is a cell phone ring that really attracts the monsters. <laughs> yes, and you we heard it, and I'm like, are they like alluding to like is that going to happen? No. That was actually going to happen, but right. this person's phone went off, and I was like, "What the heck, man? How no. dare you?" They they did turn it off. I saw them physically turn it off, but for like three rings, I was really annoyed at them. Yeah, it was more than once. Okay, and that's yeah. that's one time too many in my book. I just have to say, I'm not trying to be a movie snob, but like that's like that is the rule. That is and the one rule. If you, you still leave your volume on for your phone in 2021, who are you? Who are my you phone even? volume hasn't been on for eight years. That's right. That's a fact. I like it just it has not I don't even know what my ringtone is. I really they, don't. They should just take that button away. Like don't even give you the option. It just should always be on vibrate. That's it. It just buzzes, yeah. So, I mean, who needs anything else but that? So anyway, we're reviewing all that is to say we're reviewing a quiet place part two this week. It's a review I'm very excited about. I think it's gonna be a fun one. Hopefully you guys have gotten a chance to see it. It is smashing box office records all over the board post-pandemic, so that's very exciting. Um, and then we've got What's Poppin'. As always, we're going to kick off the show with What's Poppin' to get you guys caught up on the latest and greatest in movie and TV, like we always do. But right. before we jump into that, Kirk, there is something that came out over Memorial Day weekend I wanted to chat about mm-hmm. because you and I are very big fans of this particular artist who released this thing. And... We didn't get a chance to talk about it last week because we had a super packed episode. So I'm taking advantage of the lighter news week to chat about our buddy, our, our muse, our, uh, you know, artist extraordinaire, none other than Mr. Bo Burnham, who had a, his name's Bo, Robert, if you will. Mm. He had a special come out, uh, over the Labor Day or Memorial Day. Wow. Really jumping ahead. Memorial Day weekend called inside. And it was, is uh, basically his COVID special, uh, for for lack of a better term. It's on it's on Netflix. He did an entire comedy special inside uh, a portion of his home. It's like detached from his house, basically this like little um, recording studio that he has, and he did an entire comedy special in there. So we're going to talk about that. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with Bo Burnham, familiarize yourself. This guy is, uh, he's a, he's a one of a kind artist, Kirk. I mean, 
you've been you've been following Bo Burnham since his early YouTube days. He was really one of the first guys to make it big off of just YouTube, like back in like I don't know, like two thousand eight. Or something oh yeah like even, way back. I, would, I would say maybe even 2006 mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. that's a long time before 2008 uh bo burnham he came out with these little videos he's just sitting in his living room uh from wherever he was from i did not look that up and he's got his keyboard set up and he's always sitting profile keyboard ready and he just sang all of these ridiculous songs that were just so no one sang like that no one no one had like the gall to just like go for it and it would he would intermix rap uh into his music and it was satirical and it was truthful and he was the same he was the same age as me he's the same age as me my like my, maybe one year less than i and it was crazy uh, and he was doing this and now he continues to do it. That's what's even more shocking that he was one of the original like YouTube people and he is still successful in exactly what he was doing back then. Yeah. So he took five years off of comedy. Uh, I remember his last, his last special I think was make happy on Netflix, right. um, which changed my life. I'm not, that's not hyperbole. Like I just yeah. legitimately loved it. It's like one of those artistic pieces that just inspires you and like like nestles itself into your soul and you just live with it for a while like that was make happy for me and and i absolutely loved it so i was chomping up at the bit to get a hold of this one and i want to talk about inside so it's available to stream on netflix for anybody who's eager to check it out and bo burnham's comedy style like kirk said it is sometimes shockingly honest uh very like hyper transparent but also like like there's some social commentary in there. Oh, there's a lot mm -hmm. of social commentary in there. There's a lot of self-awareness in there. There's lots of goofy singing and, and absurd jokes. That's yes. sort of his style. But I want to get your take on this special because this is different. No audience, all him in a room. And I don't know that I've ever watched a comedy special that is that has no audience. So I want to get your take on the medium. And then we'll talk a little bit more about the content of, of this special. Yeah, the the medium itself was pretty brilliant. Uh, you don't see any other comedian doing this. Uh, so even though they very easily could, you hear about all the comedians that, you know, these stand up comics, what do they do without an audience? Well, they have literally a zoom audience during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. They've been in and out of zoom rooms, like just doing crazy stuff, go, doing like corporate events. They were doing that before, but now they're doing zoom corporate events to like lift people's spirits. Like that's, that's, gotta be really dull really dull so what Bo did you know he's 30 years old he turns 30 he records himself turning 30 in the special he decided I have nowhere to go I have all these thoughts in my head well mm -hmm. let's talk about them and let me do what I do best uh, for better or for worse and we get to see the good the bad the ugly and quite frankly some of the most hilarious moments um, but I don't want to trick anybody because it's it's not it's not uh, gut. It's it's not going to hurt your side by the time you're done with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not by any means your traditional comedy special. In fact, I would say that the first time I've watched, I've watched it twice now. The first time I watched it, I don't think I had an out loud laugh. Maybe maybe one or two that just like caught me by surprise, but mm -hmm. not in the same way of when you're watching a normal comedy special and you're kind of like in with the crowd and you're you're kind of like riding the wave this was a very different experience and his style to your point is really at the point of this was like experimental theater <laughs> more yeah. so than it was like 
uh, stand-up comedy as we know it. And it's interesting because Bo Burnham somehow remains ahead of ahead of the curve at a time when stand-up comedy is evolving rapidly, I think, because the medium has skyrocketed so much in the advent of Netflix. You know, Netflix is a joke. They, they've sort of uh, championed that art form of stand-up comedy, which is a very unique art form. But it, it, as a result, these specials have really started to evolve. And you get what you get now with these specials is a combination of like half documentary, half super long narrative. Like I'm thinking of uh, like Hannah Gadsby, Mike Birbiglia. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate re- even like that. Did, mm-hmm. did that exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. But this was next level. I mean, this was totally different. This was a one-man show complete with music as he always does. And it was a one room show with him just doing all these different camera angles. And I think with his YouTube background, he is, he is uniquely positioned to do something like this because he knows, he knows how to create content and he knows how to do it himself. And he knows how to do it with one camera in one room with a bunch of different lights and, and keyboards. And I think he knocked it out of the park. I think it's, I think it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, a lot of uh, half-naked Bo Burnham. I did not expect that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you think about it for like a half second, you know, he's exposing himself. It, it's that simple. We never see a full a full, full nudity, which thank goodness I don't want to see that on anybody. But we, we a lot of a lot of underwear, a lot of like uh, uh, whitey tidy or or crew, what would you call that? Uh, crew cut. Uh, yeah, like. Box briefs, brief, know. brief style, yeah. brief style, uh, whitey tidy, but not white. Thank goodness. So there, there's lots of, there's lots of very, very, um, things that are in your <laughs> face. And if you're not listening or watching correctly, you'll miss it and it'll go over your head. So when you watch this, uh, we hope you do, um, not for kids any way, shape or form. No. Uh, when you watch it, pay very close attention to what he's saying and more so how he's saying it. Uh, if it starts to offend you, because there are things, plenty of things I don't agree with, with lots of comedians, uh, lots of comedians, but you have to listen to, are they saying it for the delivery? Are they saying it for the message? Is there a combination? And Bo Burnham does that on such a different level. I love this man. I know it, it's, it's a good point because sometimes, uh, you, you do have to sort of like put yourself in a different mind frame. You have to approach it with a really open mind because there are times where he's saying stuff that's offending me. But then whenever I listen to him, he's like, he's working through it. You know, he, he's mm-hmm. simultaneously like saying, I need to be better, but also this is preposterous. He's like working through his mental yes. process of like doing these things. Like he talks about at one point how um, he has this song about how he's problematic. Um, and he's talking about how he wore an Aladdin costume when he was 17 years old. <laughs> yes. And he's like, He's like, yeah, it was weird. I shouldn't have done that. But then he's like, I, it's still in my parents' attic. What do I do? Should I burn it? Is burning it bad? Like what? <laughs> you know, yes. so he's kind of like working through this process of like, he does feel bad for what he did, but he also like doesn't know what he's supposed to do. Is, is he supposed to be held accountable for that kind of stuff? Other people mm-hmm. seem to be held accountable. It's just like, <laughs> it is very raw. It is very honest, sometimes almost uncomfortably so, but it is like such a real... I don't know. It's like such a real look into the human experience and the things that we go through in this modern age. He has such an incredible way of like summing up the, in a weird way, like and performing these thoughts that go through our head on a regular basis. It's pretty remarkable. He's inspiring. He really is because uh, I, I watch his special make happy like 
now and knowing that it was 2016 ish when it happened and i'm like wait how how in the world you know it's just i don't know if he has a time machine or if he's got marty mcfly's world almanac uh (laughs) but dude's on another level and i'm here for it it's really good he absolutely is and that's why (laughs) whenever i said we were going to talk about it i called it in the title of the episode an ode to bo burnham because that's really what this is it's not a review it's not a critique it's just this is must watch. This is must watch. And, and whatever you make of it, you make of it. And I think that that honestly says more about you than it does about, about him. It's, it's one of those really interesting pieces of art that I think everybody should check it out. So I wanted to make sure we took some time to talk about it. Also, if you did see it, or if you do see it as a result of this conversation, all these songs, this one is the most song heavy special he's ever done. And Mm -hmm. they are totally stuck in your head forever. The good news is, um, there's an album coming out later this week with all those songs. Yeah. So you won't have to uh, do what I've been doing and keep turning it on and rewinding to the welcome <laughs> to the internet song and listening to it until it flies out of your head. I mean, that's pretty much torture, but you can just add it to your Spotify and, and uh, work it out. So that'll be a good one. Love it. All right. That's Bo Burnham. That's an ode to Bo Burnham. We just had to do that. That was mostly, that was mostly for us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. hopefully you get a so, chance to check it out. You think this is for you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this whole shindig is yeah. just for which where you at? Just for me and this guy. No yeah. one else. It's but all just they, self-actualization and and uh, right. see, I'm I'm stealing from Bo Burnham's book. This is all just self-actualization. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they call that? Uh, like narcissism for sure. Yes. Like yes, yes, out the wazoo narcissism mm-hmm. and uh, insecurity is what this is. It's just all of that manifesting into content. Yes. I would say it's 99% insecurities <laughs> with a <laughs> little bit of narcissism uh, and a need to perform for that's an right. audience. Right. But it's mostly insecurities. That's yeah. at least, I don't want to speak for you, but that's all that's coming. And Bo would appreciate end. that, I think. He, he would. would. He, it's it's basically the exact same thing that he's working through. So we're all, yes. we're all on the same playing field there. But that's Bo Burnham. Check it out. Either check it out on Netflix or check it out on Spotify, whatever you need to do. It's it's a it's a must watch. Can we pop it up? I got some movie news to talk about. Are you ready to pop it up? Say I was born. There ready. needs to be a special there needs to be a special command, I feel like, like a password like sesame. or maybe a hat. Maybe you have to wear a special popcorn hat. I think this could f- this hat that I'm wearing could be it. No, I think there needs to be like a hat that like like a fabric hat that you put on. No, I'm like, like, oh, that. Cam, are you ready to put to pop it up? <laughs> You're just like, yes, Kirk, I'm ready to put, <laughs> pop it up. And you disappear from frame and you come back and you put I it on. I don't like any of that. I need your wife to make this. I feel like she can, Jackie, if oh, you're she listening. Definitely can. I need you to make some sort of popcorn looking hat for Cam. And every time he asks to pop it up, he must say, Master Popper, can I... <laughs> All right, that's and enough I pop that. it up. That's enough. That's enough out of you. <laughs> I have clearly given you too much power at this point because I started asking your permission to pop, pop it up, and now it's this whole elaborate thing, and I'm, I just am not okay with it. I did not yes. consent to this. We have three episodes that drop throughout the week as a reminder, and now it's going to be seven because I'm going to stretch this out <laughs> as far as I can. Daily, yes, absolutely. Yes. All right. Speaking of things that we love, like Bo Burnham. Let's talk about In the Heights. Can we talk about In the Heights? Yes, yes we can. All right, so we are now two days away from In the Heights dropping on HBO Max. They sort of like sneakily were like, oh yeah, now it's gonna drop on Thursday. 
they were always saying it was the 11th and now it's now it's the 10th so i'm not complaining for the record i'm happy about that it will be live on hbo max and in theaters so check it out on one check it out on both do whatever you need to do uh it's going to be uh i think a big deal because it's from the mind of lin-manuel miranda and for those of you who have heard the musical you probably know what's coming i think if the movie happens to be successful it's going to be massively successful you know it's going to be one of those things Mm -hmm. um because the music is too good for them to not be successful if they if they happen to pull it off so uh anyway in the heights director john m chu dropped on on twitter slash youtube the first eight minutes of this movie so we got a chance to to check it out it's basically the entire opening number which is called in the heights and sort of gives us an introdu- introduction to our main character Usnavi, who's played by Anthony Ramos in the movie, um, as well as some of the supporting cast that will be coming in and out throughout the rest of the show. It's sort of that quintessential musical opening number, but we got the we got a chance to see it in film magic form. Yes. Kirk, I have to get your thoughts on this first eight minutes. And, and keep in mind, we are going to be reviewing this movie next week, so that's a that's a quick tease. So this is not. We may say that we think this movie is going to be good, and then next week we review it and we're like, oh my gosh. But this is strictly our thoughts on the first eight minutes. All right. Yeah. You know, HBO has done this since HBO Max uh, existed. They like tease you with all this stuff. Hands down. Hands down blows out the other uh, teasers out of the straight out of the water. Another thing I'd like to point out is that Cameron and I were telepathically linked at the time that this dropped. Um, it dropped maybe around ten o'clock or so. Yeah, it was the other late, night, Sunday night. Yeah. Yes, and you texted me about an hour before it came out. You you saw the news. You said it's coming out. The teasers coming. I, I was like, great. And I got a little busy, and then I watched it, and then I just finished it. And you picked up your phone and you texted me, and you said, Kirk. Here is the link to the first eight minutes. And I said, I know I've just watched it. And so I had that just is, watched it. <laughs> that is the power of this of this film. I have been waiting for this since this musical came out. What I always, what's always been true for me, which won't be true ever again because of Hamilton, is that I've always stumbled upon Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, I was like, a hip-hop musical? That's kind of weird. And I listened to it, and I listened to it. I fell in love with it all the way back when it was on Broadway in its first original run. And the fact that I've been waiting that long for this film blows my mind. Those eight minutes, those eight minutes are so perfect. There's not a beat in that eight minutes that is missed or wrong or weird or awkward. It is so on point, which is exactly what Lin-Manuel does. He plans everything to the second, to the beat, and every moment in the acting from every single person in this thing is just A-class, A-class. If this thing doesn't get 100%, a 10 out of 10 kernels, Something goes terribly wrong at some point in this movie because that <laughs> the eight tone minutes... shifts drastically. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I, I just I have a feeling it's it's going to be ten a uh, ten kernels for me next week or ten a ten Kirk really I'm, a ten. I'm thinking or a nine point nine 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 nine. I don't know. I don't know. I've only given maybe two nine point nines. Maybe a How nine point nine. How can you even say that after eight minutes of a film? I don't Do you, know. Did you watch it? What do you think? Tell me. I did, but I, I listen. I'm a professional, Kirk. I'm not. I, I'm not. I, I haven't even thought of my score for this movie yet because I haven't seen the whole thing yet. But here's what I'll say: the first eight minutes are bomb. They are amazing. Yes. I thought um, 
honestly, this goes back to whenever they first announced this movie was coming and they first announced that John M. Chu was going to be directing it. He is the director of Crazy Rich, Rich Asians, for those of you uh, wondering. I think that's his biggest claim to fame. He's, he's directed many other things, but that's the one that sticks out in my mind. And when I heard that, and I heard that Lin-Manuel was going to be more in an advisory role and like not, not going to star and that Anthony Ramos was going to be the star of the movie, I was like, they are onto something here. They are onto something. And I think after seeing the first eight minutes, I feel more strongly that they were, in fact, onto something and they have a really great creative direction. And yeah, I would say if, they, if, if, the, if the plot develops well and if, if it continues on that same tone, that same feel, and the music stays high quality then it's it's going to be good. <laughs> you know, I think th- it, this is a good sign, but I'm very excited. I think more so than I have been yet, I'm, I'm very excited to to get my hands on this movie, which is only two days away now. Two days. Yes, yes. Some of the things that you guys need to look for when you watch it. First of all, watch Sunny, okay? Sunny's doing, like, work, working on overtime in this, who is arguably uh, a, a tertiary character like th- he's not really front and center he has he has some good one-liners but ultimately he's not front and center in this and in this you just see the the care that they've taken to make it such it, it, no no one works without the other in this community you right. can no one is successful or can even move or breathe or or think without without the other person's support. Uh, everyone's in it. Uh, watch Sonny specifically throughout this entire trailer, and you'll see what I mean. That he's the best example in this song of how of how their the culture inside this little city, little town works in this bodega. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. If you want to check out the first eight minutes, I don't know. A lot of times they throw it on HBO Max. I haven't seen it on there yet, but it is on YouTube on the Warner yeah. the Warner Bros YouTube page. That's the place to get it. And we also posted the link on Monday morning, so you can go to our socials and and grab a look at that, which we would highly recommend ahead of our review next week, where I will give it a ten out of ten. <laughs> Kirk, <laughs> you are incorrigible, my friend. Okay. Next up, we're talking about it today, and there's even news. There's more news on A Quiet Place. We're talking about A Quiet Place Part 2 today, but there is news, Kirk, of a new A Quiet Place movie. And here's the kicker, okay? When this first got announced, everybody who was reporting it was saying, A Quiet Place Part 3 coming out 2023. A Quiet Place Part 3. Everybody was saying that few days later after people let this marinate turns out paramount's like whoa 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 pump the brakes on the a quiet place part three chatter this is a spin-off in the a quiet place universe that will not be directed by john krasinski or written by john krasinski i, I don't believe it's gonna be written by him it's actually gonna be directed by uh, uh an indie director who, i mean mostly indie director named jeff nichols who directed mud he directed Midnight Special, he directed Take Shelter. Um, So this is very much within his sort of wheelhouse stylistically. But want to get your thoughts, without spoiling anything about our thoughts on A Quiet Place Part 2, Kirk, want to get your thoughts on a potential spinoff here. Yeah, for me, it's a little... It's a little Walking Dead, (laughs) you know, Uh, which is fine, uh, but... The, the story uh, of A Quiet Place is so unique with how, uh, with its narrative and, and how it wraps around its characters. Um, I guess Walking Dead does that too, very, very specifically, but it seems too close 
to have a, have a spinoff. So what I imagine is going to happen, I hope I'm not right, but it seems like if, the, if there's going to be a spinoff, we're going to go to another part of the world. We're going to see another family and how they react or a community or a group of people, right. maybe a group of strangers, since we have a, a, an integral family who had strengths of their own uh, and how they were already living their lives in order to adapt and survive this for as long as they could. So I'm a little, I'm a little hesitant to just think I'll like it. Um, but that director is really good. And yeah, I don't think he great. would, I don't think he'll sign on to anything without it being uniquely creative. Yeah. It, I mean, it should be interesting. I mean, it, it is a big, big opportunity for him. Uh, I think it's a big opportunity for Paramount who probably feels like this is new territory for them recently to have a, a franchise that's really sort of like taking off that's in this genre. You know, mm-hmm. it's very different from what they've got in the rest of their portfolio. So I think dollar signs are definitely lighting up in the Paramount executives' eyes and, and who can blame them there. Um, but I'm intrigued. I mean, you brought up The Walking Dead. By all, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, A Quiet Place is a zombie movie. Okay, like mm. there, there's not an ounce of difference really between the zombie genre and a quiet place. It has all the genre tropes. It has all of the, you know, a lot of it, it plays by a lot of the same rules that world does. Uh, the only difference is the threat, which we've seen zombies take many different forms too. Running zombies, yes. zombies that can't eat sick people, <laughs> zombies hey, that are zombies. Of fire. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I mean, this is it's very much of that same ilk, but I think that they. You know, I think because of that, it has potential to succeed, but also because of that, it has potential to be a stinker. So um, it's it'll be one of those wait and see things. But I think um, ultimately excited to see more from this universe because if they can make it great, I think it has potential, a lot of potential. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. should be interesting. I, I just uh, I hope that John Krasinski still gets paid for it, no matter what it is. Uh, well, I mean, I think that I mean he wrote and directed the original and he wrote and directed this one so i have to assume that being a, a savvy person in this business who's been around for a little while he's he's kept some ownership over the intellectual property despite you know giving the rights to paramount and stuff but we'll see we'll see mm-hmm. um we're gonna hear more from mr krasinski i'm, I'm fairly certain in, in terms of his directing career the way you said that, it almost made me think like you somehow knew him and that he was like about to <laughs> like sneak into frame and be like, hey, how's it going, guys? I have a sneaking suspicion that Mr. Krasinski, yeah, he just pops up. I really, I would have lost my mind. Just Me too, actually. I would have been shocked. I would have been absolutely floored. Unfortunately, no, I don't know him yet. I don't know him yet, but that day is coming. It's coming. All right. Next up, we're talking sequels, we're talking spin-offs, we're talking movie universes, and the next big story of a movie universe is uh, we're getting a Cruella sequel, hot off the presses. Uh, Disney decided to cash in the, the great reviews that we and others in the industry have given Cruella, and uh, the, you know the stellar box office numbers, this, what I assume are pretty good Disney Plus Premier Access numbers, they decided to cash that in and let everybody know there's a sequel on the way to Cruella. Kirk, having seen the first one now, what's your take on on the sequel? Was this, let me ask you this, were you expecting a Cruella sequel or were you more so expecting a 101 Dalmatians live action remake? That is a fantastic question. I expected more the 101 Dalmatians live action first. Mm -hmm. Um, And who knows, maybe we'll get it first. I don't know. 
but the, as I sat and thought about it more, a Corella 2 makes sense because we've seen all the way up to uh, up to right before the 101 Dalmatians uh, lifetime, right? Maybe we'll get kind of a wicked status, right? Where she, yeah, she sure. does, does a few more terrible, evil things, goes through another trial in her life to become a little bit more evil and a little bit more Cruella-ish and maybe it leads like halfway into or all the way into 101 Dalmatians. Um, I say that because you know, there's that scene of her at the fountain where she's talking to her mother and basically saying goodbye to Estella and but then she goes back and forth. She's like, I am Cruella but I love you. But I am Cruella. Uh huh. But mom, I I love you. You took care of me. So she has to shed some more of her humanity and she needs I think one more movie to do it. So I'm in. I'm in on it. And I'd also like to take this platform to say that I would like to change my score on Corolla. Oh my goodness. Oh my, Kirk. I gotta bump it up one. One kernel. One full kernel. I gave it a Yow. six last week and it, it, it weighed heavy on my heart and I'm giving it a seven now. Wow. Wowzers. Yeah. You do not hear that every day. I'll just mm-hmm. say. Um, no. In fact, I don't know that it's ever happened. I think that I have once before you have noted on the podcast that I regretted a score. Mm-hmm. I think it was for Ford versus Ferrari or something. I think so. Like I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. That's big. That's that's unprecedented. That's unprecedented. But I, I stand behind you and I support you. Thank you. After all, these scores are totally ours and totally made up and subject <laughs> to change at any time. It's written in the fine print. You people should know that. Um, <laughs> Kit, when you when you do post prod, can you like scroll <laughs> like a lorem ipsum, <laughs> but no, just I with need one to, sentence? Yeah. <laughs> I need to do I need to do like one of those. I need to hire one of those really fast talking people. Yeah. Use expressing this podcast. Or <laughs> <laughs> I think you should do. It. I think I should. I was pretty. I had. I, I was going there. I should have just kept it rolling. Um, oh man. Yeah. I, I, but listen, I, I support you. I'm with you all the way on that. Thank you. Um, so. So, so good for you. Way, way to speak your truth, Kirk. I really respect you for it. Thank you. Here's my take on the Cruella sequel. I feel like maybe this is 101 Dalmatians live action. Maybe maybe they're calling it Cruella 2 because people just know that like a sequel to that movie is coming. But like, unless they go, to your point, full Wicked, and maybe they do, like, but not a prequel. They just do 101 Dalmatians fully from Cruella's perspective. Mm. That could be interesting. Yes. I don't know, yeah. but if it has Emma Stone, I, I'm I'm in it because I totally thought this was going to be a stinker for her, and I thought this was going to be a huge mistake, and she turned in an incredible performance and totally roasted me and showed me. Um, so I, I, I'm in. I have to be all in at this point because I have no reason not to be. Excellent. All right, moving right along, we got a couple of quick hitters. A couple of quick hitters. One, I wanna I'm gonna pull up this trailer real quick for, for this wild movie that I just hand up had not heard about. Is it spirited spirited untamed? Is it's not the... spirited untamed. Oh, okay. okay, I had heard about that. I okay. had heard about it. Um, and I think that is that actually that's in theaters right now, yeah. It is in theaters. You cannot stream it anywhere yet. It is in theaters. Okay. Okay. Well Dreamworks. this movie snuck up on me and it's called Reminiscence. And it's starring Hugh Jackman. Um, Rebecca Ferguson and Thandui uh, Newton of mm-hmm. Westworld fame and many other. She's been in a thousand million things. Mm-hmm. And this is from the co-creator of the Westworld show. And 
this movie is like a futuristic again it's called reminiscence it's coming out later this year it star it's uh it's it's kind of like an inception vibe to it it's like future state but he's uh, Hugh Jackman is like a private investigator by the looks of it who like goes into people's memories to like figure things out um totally interesting vibe it, it almost it seems like it's like in this like almost like steampunk like uh future reality but this trailer totally caught me off guard and i had to get your thoughts on it what do you think about this movie are you are you intrigued a 100 percent. i mean there have been some futuristic movies that hugh jackman tried his hand at that were absolute garbage so when when you posted this i had no idea it was coming. real steel uh, is that what you're talking about? real steel is exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> I, knew, I was picking up what you were laying down <laughs> for copyright purposes we will be bleeping that out at post-production as well <laughs> but this and there's like a little bit of minority report like that little kind of flash right there right like like it's futuristic i see blade runner in this i see yes. spy movies i see james bond i see i see uh, sam mendez direction in here i just see everything it's so so intriguing I, christopher nolan's in here the whole the whole yep. works i love whoever did this i haven't even looked it up because i want to be surprised by this because it was such a surprise to me already like yeah. what what a treat this is like hope everyone when you get done watching our episode go watch this trailer uh it, it's just absolutely mind-blowing yeah i agree I, I was totally taken aback by this trailer i was like whoa this looks cool this is an interesting concept plus it's like hugh jackman and i loved this this has a prestige vibe to it as yes. well because again it's it's very chris nolan feel um and he was incredible in that movie and I don't know, early returns on this thing make me think that it's going to be really good. So I'm excited to see what this is and, yeah. uh, you know, excited to see when it comes out, just kind of like what the direction is, because the concept has me absolutely hooked. So we will uh, we'll for sure be talking about reminiscence a little bit more as we get closer to it. I think um, I think it'll be one to keep an eye on. I really do. Though that so. word reminiscence near impossible to spell i just have oh, to say no. i was trying to like hashtag it which like why i don't i don't think people are tweeting much about it but <laughs> um just yet but uh, i really struggled i just have to and, say and you know rem- how do reminisce you know why reminiscence i guess that's because of the participle that it needs to be i don't know i got find nothing out. find out lisa Kirk. joy lisa joy is the director who is this yeah she's Hold from, on. she's the westworld co-creator westworld the westworld tv show co-creator she's, she's a writer on pushing daisies and burn mm-hmm. a producer on burn notice yeah she's been she, around she's done some cool stuff I, I think it's this is her time to shine and, and and i don't know i'm kind of buying it right now i'm buying what she's selling I want all of this. I am so excited to see where this goes. What do we know when this comes out? Because I want it now. I want it now. Yeah, it's coming out later this year. I, I can't remember exactly. Hold on, let me pull it up. Oh, there it is. August. August twentieth. Yes, because it's the same day as Paw Patrol. Because this trailer came out the same oh, no. day as the Paw Patrol Taylor trailer, which we weren't we weren't talking about. Luckily, um, outside of me and you, who will for sure be seeing both, I don't feel like the audience crossover between Reminiscence and. Like, I feel like that section on the Venn diagram would be pretty pretty thin. Well, here's what I'm worried about, Cam. You've seen 
TV shows, it's a TV trope, tried and true. Uh, it always works where it's, you have the protagonist and they need to be at two movies at the same time, at the oh, same show. Yep. Are we going to be running between Paw Patrol and Reminiscence? Yeah, when it's going to be out? like we had a commitment to go see Reminiscence <laughs> for the podcast, but I had a commitment to go see Paw Patrol with my family. And so I'm going to be doing, yeah, I'm going to be doing like the Drake and Josh thing where it's like, yes. oh, hey, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. I'll be right back. And they're like, yeah, I could see that. I could really see that. And then you start, like, you go back and forth. You get back to Paw Patrol, back to the family, and you're like, what's Nick Bannister doing? Which is Hugh Jackman's character's name. And, and Jackie looks at you and says, Nick Bannister? Isn't that the character in Reminiscence? We're talking about Mayor Humdinger here. <laughs> That's right. And you say, oh, no. You sink into your seat. And then the, the trope goes on. Yes, yeah, I, I, can I can see this see happening. It. I could definitely see it. I could definitely see it. I'm excited to see us pull that off. That's a real concern. That's a good point that you brought it up. I'm glad. We have a few months to prepare for that scenario. Um, so we'll do our best. All right. I, I promised you quick hitters. Here, here are the real quick hitters. First one, Christina Ricci has been cast in The Matrix 4. If ever there was a person whose aura exuded The Matrix it was Christina Ricci. It's shocking that they've made three of these films so far, and she has not been cast in any one of them. That is a crime, and I'm glad that they've corrected it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she might as well be Keanu Reeves' sister. I mean, maybe yeah. that's it. Maybe she is. Maybe she is. Is there a twin? Like, they, they love twins. <laughs> There's the, they yes. love twins, right? So I could see this happening. Right. It's the Wachowskis. They could do a little art imitates life type yes. thing. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Oh, I see what they're doing. We <laughs> see we cracked the code on everything. We're always Done. right. We've already spoiled the movie. It's not even out. Um, next quick hitters, staying with Keanu but going to a different film franchise. John Wick Four has cast Bill Skarsgård, who is Pennywise from It and who haunts my dreams on a regular basis, um, every night really. And also, he's been cast in the film. Don't know what the role is. I'm hoping it's not something demonic and scary. Uh, mm. I don't think I can handle that. But the other person who's been cast, and I am so excited, is Donnie Yen, uh, who is a martial arts movie extraordinaire. He was in the It Man franchise. He was most recently in Mulan, which we just saw mm-hmm. late last year. Um, he's he's perfect for this franchise. I mean, just perfect. It's it's yes. going to be... I, I'm so excited. His I cannot wait to see his combat in style in john wick style with the colors the light oh man the slow-mo i can see a rain fight there's definitely gonna be a rain fight going on i just like i cannot wait it's gonna be great yes and i think we need to have a john wick marathon right up into the fourth one when it premieres i I hope you're i hope you're down for that definitely down i'm always down for john wick so that's gonna be great wonderful that's all we got for what's popping let's pop it up one last time Thank you for listening to this episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Our executive producer is Ryan Spriggs, and our original music is by Rhetoric. You can check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. We are on Facebook, at Popcorn the Number 4 Breakfast, as well as Twitter and Instagram, at PFB underscore podcast. Check the description to find out how you can connect with us on Discord, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitch. If you like this episode, please subscribe, like, comment, rate, or review. And if you want more, you can find all of our episodes and videos on popcorn the number four breakfast.com. We'll see you next time. Yeah.